0: Welcome and thank you for joining Speak Up for Safer Care. Speak Up for Safer Care is a product of Safer Care Texas, the Patient Safety Division at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Our mission is to challenge traditional thinking to eliminate preventable harm. Speak Up for Safer Care illuminates gaps in care, process, or design that leads to preventable harm in all healthcare settings. I'm your host, John Sims, Director of Safer Care Texas. And joining me is our co-host, Leanne Cunningham, Strategic Operations Assistant Director.
1: Good afternoon, John.
0: Today's episode 10, Executive Healthcare Leader Jumps Right In with Aaron Lopez. Aaron received a bachelor's degree in nursing in 2000 and quickly embraced healthcare marketing and leadership. He was the co-owner and founder of Urbane Scrubs, served as clinical liaison for Kindred Healthcare and Regency Hospital. He was promoted to Director of Business Development for Reliant Mid-Cities Acute Rehabilitation Hospital and to Regional Director of Stonegate Senior Living. Today, he serves as the Chief Executive Officer of Clear Sky Health in Weatherford, Texas. Supposing that weren't enough, since 2005, he has served as Vice President of PMR Charity, Physical Medicine and Rehab, a volunteer position where local leaders deliver resources to North Texas residents suffering from healthcare-related financial hardships, Aaron, that is an, an impressive uh, career uh, summation. I guess um, is there anything that I left out that you want to add? Yeah, I, I appreciate the intro,
2: uh, Rob and uh, Leanne. Very, very, very kind of you guys. No, that that gives it a sum up. One thing uh, I think through all of that is uh, we've always had a lot of fun doing what we do, and. Uh, that continues to, to to drive where we're headed next, and uh, to focus on what we're doing for the here and now. So, thank you very much, John, for the intro. I appreciate it.
0: You bet, Aaron. And I got to tell you, every time I've ever seen you, you have a smile on your face. So it, it that tells everybody that you're enjoying what you're doing. It it
2: really does, does John. I mean, in in healthcare, uh, where people are, you know, they've likely in a hit rock, rock bottom at a you know a time in their life where a lot of A lot of things are unknown, you know, from the marketing side of things and now to the executive side of things. People really need a friendly face uh, during this time, especially during COVID when things are challenging. Um, You know, the anxiety is out there. The stress is out there. Last thing they want to see is a leader uh, that looks stressed out as if they uh, can't handle the problem. So,
0: you know, put on a happy face, take the next challenge and uh, we keep moving, John. I love, I love it, Aaron. So let's start out. So, just tell us a little bit about Clear Sky Health. What's what's their mission and how do they serve patients? Sure, Clear Sky Health uh,
2: started up about three years ago. They are in the business of acute rehabilitation, uh, inpatient rehab hospitals is is what they're doing, and, and that is all they're doing. Um, Weatherford, uh, formerly known as Weatherford Rehabilitation Hospital now uh, ClearSky Rehabilitation Hospital um, is, is, you know, uh, the only acute rehab in Parker County. Uh, so there are only five hospitals owned by ClearSky, all are acute rehabs with plans to, to get around to 30 hospitals over the next three years. So we're gonna have some rapid growth and um, me and the owners are kind of in line. They, um, you know, as a new company, a lot of their um, their processes are, you know, it, it's very difficult to start a very large company in blanket processes everywhere. Um, so we've had the opportunity to contribute uh, to the organization and develop uh, as a new company. Some of the things that's now company-wide, we started here in Weatherford. That was really the most attractive thing is during the interview process, they said, you know, we don't believe that any idea uh, is a dumb idea. Um, we believe that, you know, uh, what's best for your building. And if something makes sense, um, we're going to let you run with it. And so that's, that's what got me here, John was, uh, you know, coming from large organizations to a organization that was taking off on the ground and the ability for them to allow me to make, or the, the commitment to allow me to make my own decisions was very attractive. Um, and, uh, and that's really why I landed here, not to mention my, my area uh, re- CEO is, is four foot seven and I'm only five foot six. So that was attractive as well. I'm actually taller than somebody. Uh, but uh, it, was, it was basically the, the ability to be able to make an impact and where change was needed, um, I could react quickly without having to go through multi layers,
0: um, you know, in a larger company to be able to impact a change empowerment to make decisions. What a novel concept. I love it. I like
1: that. I yeah. do. Um, so, Erin, the pandemic has severely changed healthcare delivery. Can you share a few examples that you and your team have experienced?
2: Sure. Uh, there's been challenges uh, all over the place with, with healthcare. You know, nat- naturally, we've been challenged with the uh, vaccination mandate that uh, is actually on the 22nd, I believe, is the final deadline. Um, for hospitals and their staff and folks that take care of patients for their staff to have the vaccination. Um, obviously, you have quarantine periods, you have visitation, you have, uh, you know, the unknown of a patient's COVID status. Um, there's all sorts of, of things that we've had to obligate since, you know, the corona has entered our world. And, you um, you know, and I think we've we've worked really hard to to manage, uh, and deal with what we've had, and uh, you know I'm happy to speak about some of the intimacies, but um, you know it's it's it can never be taken lightly in healthcare. Um, we have we don't know what the next day is going to be look look like really with staffing, um, so we uh, we take a, we take an aggressive approach to it, and you know one of the I, I think how we were so successful and getting through it was, you know, we never let out, let off, never let our foot off the gas in regards to the EHS uh, pay. Um, It expired, you know, we were participating, of course, to support our staff while they were, had to quarantine at home. Um, We were paying our folks, uh, you know, to to stay at home. That ended and we chose as a company and a big part of it was, um, you know, I, I needed everyone to feel good about saying I'm not feeling good today is as weird as that sound and is weird as it sound I wanted to be able to pay them and so we made the decision to continue that um, when we didn't have to uh, so it's you know there's there's decisions now that are also being made as we know uh, a lot of that that program has expired and we are we are continuing it's no longer mandatory um, and I anticipate us you know at least committing to the next three months of doing that for staff. We'll probably phase it out um, at that point, but absolutely, we'll pivot right back into it um, if I feel that we need to. It's just one of those things that makes sense.
0: Aaron, um, I love the investment, if you will, um, that you have in your staff. And like you said, um, it's it's okay to be unwell, right? We're still we're going to take care of you. I. I I love that um, leadership mindset. You caught my eye. Uh, your wife posted on Facebook of you during the uh, COVID, the, our last COVID search. You were in scrubs. And so I was, um, th- at that time, I know staffing was dangerously uh, low in several hospitals. Explain how you and your leadership team responded uh, to that 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 staffing shortage. Sure. And, and, and John, we had, uh, luckily,
2: you know, um, dodged a a lot of bullets during COVID and and hadn't really had to maneuver too much. Now, naturally stuff came up as it has for everybody. Um, and ironically during that, during the last surge, we had reviewed an OSHA policy on contingency staffing and, and actually, uh, throughout, you know, worst case scenarios to staff and how people would react. And um, so, it really was just a matter of pressing the button when in, in three days, we lost 12, um, 12, 12 folks. So, we were in a situation where we had lost 90% of our uh, providers uh, that were taking care of patients or in the kitchen um, that was going to affect us for the next four days. So, you know, we we looked at who was available and uh, and, and quickly we maneuvered job titles, um, what was going to be safe. So we had therapist cooking in the kitchen. Um, we had uh, human resources is our unit secretary. Um, we had uh, our EOC or plan ops guy. He was our muscles as a CNA. Um, we had uh, we had an unbelievable res- response. Our transporter um, was was answering phones at call lights. Um, we had more staff over the next four days uh, than what we could have uh, possibly scheduled to scat. We just had people come out of the woodworks to help get us through the situation. So naturally as the leaders were, were already prompted that, hey guys, if we're gonna get in a tough situation, um, we're gonna be the ones that are gonna jump right in and people will follow. Our lead, um, and it, it was it was a crazy drawing that looked like a spider web of arrows going every which direction because we, you know, people have babies, people have um, have other obligations, and so it wasn't your typical seven p.m. to seven a.m. situation. It was a four a.m. Uh, to twelve a.m. Then I you have a gap of 1230. I can only be there for four hours. Um, on over, there was probably 50 different shifts that we had to cover. We, we had, uh, we're near capacity, um, at that time. So we, we, we didn't slip, and I don't think the patients noticed. They got to meet a lot of people during those four days, but uh, everybody put on the game face, and and uh, we owned it. So it was a it was a neat situation to go through with with a lot of people that
0: cared. So
1: what a testament to serving others first.
0: It, serving others first. I mean, and you're um, just that leadership. Y'all. It sounds like y'all took a proactive approach. That hey, we know this is coming. We're going to have a contingency plan. And guess what? We're not going to wear slacks and all that stuff to work today. We're going to come in scrubs and we're gonna, like you said, jump right in because we've got patients to, to care for. I, I think that that is very um, enlightening for a staff to see their their leaders want to rub elbows with them and you know and are happy to jump in and do the do the hard work that they do every day. that that is just so amazing to me. I was going to ask you what inspired you uh, to take this approach, but uh, I think you've already kind of kind of answered that. As you knew that this was um, that this was a possibility, and you you planned accordingly.
2: Yeah, we did. In John, and um, it's been we do all of the uh, the EOC drills that talk about worst case scenarios here in the building, from you know your your hazardous vulnerability um, to uh, your monthly uh, safety. Uh, meetings that we're doing, and, and we hold them religiously. And I, I really ask people to to come to the table. And this isn't just something that we want to get checked off that we did for that Joint Commission survey. It's something that we really, um, you know, take take seriously. And is we've seen snowmageddon happen. We've we've seen uh, you know losing ninety percent of your staff stuff can happen. Um, and, uh, we've, we've done what we can, I think, to be prepared here at, at Clear Sky and Weatherford. So it was a, it was a really, they, they, I'm, I'm the, the laughing one of the facility always got a joke to throw out, but then, um, I, I I keep things seriously with a smile, I guess is, uh, is the best approach as to how I've tried to handle things, um, as a CEO here, but it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
1: So I have a question. Sure. You say you're the jokester. So I'm assuming that's a part of your leadership style. Could you define for me a little bit more about your leadership style?
2: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. For example, I wouldn't say the jokester, um, but I I, I tapped on it a little bit when we started. But I really, truly believe if you can't come to work and have a good time. and enjoy the people around you. If you can't come to be at work and, and be in an environment where you feel compelled to smile and uplift those that are having a bad day, um, I, I would question what I was doing. Um, and am I in the right spot? So it's, that's just the, the way that I've always done, done things in my career. Um, and uh, it's, I think in the end, you find out, you know who doesn't who who doesn't want to do that, right? You you quickly find out who who has a hard time having fun and enjoying things.
1: What type of things do you do, Aaron, to inspire those that work for you to come to work?
2: Sure, we um, we do funny story email stories. Like we will we start the day off in an operations call, and uh, I will um, literally play music for the first two minutes of the call, and it's it's not your. Um, it's, it's not your, your, your normal songs usually. It's they're hip hop, get up, dance. And uh, we, have, uh, we have some people dancing in the room, playing the drums in the background, and some choose to sing. Um, but it's uh, uh, just, just one of the ways that I've always enjoyed starting the day is do something fun, get up, smile, laugh. And, uh, it, and that's just the way we do it. It's, we, we have a weekly retention meeting. Um, That's usually last an hour and a half. Um, a big part of the problem, uh, you know, prior to my, this hospital been open for six months, but um, it seems like they would get good staff and lose the good staff. And so um, over the last year and a half, we've been able to, um, I mean, we do, you, you name it, we've probably done it, um, but uh, we've done world's best hamburgers, world's best fajitas, um, Christmas parties, uh, saran wrap balls, best decorating contests, best dress contests. It's red, red Wednesday, taco Tuesday. Um, we've probably spent close to $75,000, uh, in my year and a half just on keeping employees engaged and having fun. Um, and I, I got a lot of questions asked, uh, you know, uh, at first, and I said, you know, we, we, we're we engaging our employees, um, we have staffing shortages, people uh, can go to California, especially these nurses, and they can make $100,000 in three months. Um, so why would somebody choose uh, to stay here in Weatherford is, is what we had to continually ask ourselves. So um, we have a very engaged management team. Um, there's no idea is a silly idea. Um, so we've, uh, we, we've just, we work very hard on bringing smiles and making people feel appreciated. Um, and in turn, I think you get an engaged employee. You would be surprised how many people just weren't connected. Um, you could send an email, uh, hospital wide and, um, nobody would respond when I first came. I'm like, Hey, what, how do we, how do we do this? How do we engage these guys? Nobody's even connected to the system. Um, And so one of the first things uh, we did to engage people is we bought these fancy little shirts and spent spent fifteen hundred bucks on some shirts and says, all you have to do is respond to an email and then Aaron will personally come bring you a shirt. Just need your size. And so that was one of the first things we did. And now it's evolved to engaging employees and, and getting uh, th- them to do surveys um, or what do they consider the most important um, what's uh, what are the problems we have to know the problems from the people um, the ones that are doing it and so uh, anyway it just uh the, now we're doing quarterly town halls and we were you know the first one we had five people and the next one we had 20 now we have 60 people Come to our town hall. We only have 130 employees, um, so it's, it's it's just it's just a been a really uh, neat place to watch what um, you know what br- bringing some some fun to the atmosphere and actively engaging people's opinions. It's it's really turned this whole hospital around.
1: It's amazing when you bring that sense of value into it. Play. Does
2: it does and and we quickly uh, you know. We found out who was engaged, who wasn't engaged, and those that were engaged, they've stayed. And we've been able to, you know, uh, bring up our our level of folks that are, you know, in this for the right reasons. So it's it's really trickling to the patient, and uh, that's ultimately why we're here. So.
0: Well, Aaron, I have to say, I don't know if, if I ever saw you in a job and you weren't smiling, um, I don't think you'd stay there very long. I just don't, you, that, as long as I've known you, well, I've known you for 20 years because I met you in my, you know, my last, um, well, with THR and you, you were smiling back then, didn't matter what was going on. It, it just seems like you, you respond to stress um, differently than, than most, I would say. And in a positive, and I mean that in a very positive way. Yeah, I
2: don't, maybe I internalize a little bit, uh, but first of all, John, I think it's 22 years, it was 1999 and the healthcare system had uh, just rolled out a little something called the, uh, the, the DRG and a PPS system. I, I remember that time on, on Harris 6 very well. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, the, uh, it, it's worked. It, it's worked for me my entire career um, is a bedside nurse, uh, you know, uh, briefly, I didn't uh, provide direct patient care for long, but I quickly realized I needed more people to talk to. Uh, and, uh, you know, that trauma ICU, a lot of those patients weren't engaging back at me. Um, but uh, we, we found the happy spot and uh, we've, we've, we've figured out what a smile uh, can do and how it can empower people uh, to really give their best um, and uh, it's, it's been very, very productive
0: in my, my career so far.
1: Well, positivity is contagious.
0: It, it is. And, and, Aaron, one thing that you mentioned earlier um, is, a, is that we, we need to listen. You know, if there's problems, we need to listen to the people that are actually doing the work. That is um, a high reliability organization principle deference to expertise, right? So the people actually doing the work. We need to defer to those individuals so that we know where to target our efforts because they're the experts, right? Oh yeah. I mean, they're the
2: ones that are, uh, uh that are, that are getting dirty, John. And if we don't engage, uh, at that level and truly get them feeling comfortable, uh, to, to voice where the opportunities are, um, if they don't, if one, if they don't care about this job, are they really gonna to talk to you about it? So uh, again, I think that environment uh, that's created um, allows you to probe uh, for more opportunities because they they see somebody and they see your leadership team trying uh, so hard uh, to keep upping the game. There are, You now have a lot of, a lot of friends. Uh, and a lot of people that want to see everybody succeed. And when we do succeed, we celebrate. Um, we we whatever that that may be may be small, may be big, um, but we let it be known. Um, we try not to do. And uh, this was an opportunity that one of the employees brought. They're like, "Hey guys, you guys are celebrating. Y'all are doing such a good job." But could you plan your celebration a little bit more? And as a fault, as a guy, you know, we we, we have our faults. And and uh, I would walk in, and I'm like, yeah, pizza for everybody. We did great. Did y'all see the survey results? And you, we'd spend $300 on pizza and uh, bring in desserts and stuff. And that was for the day. So I learned something about celebrating. Plan it, plan it, and let everybody have a little bit more time to celebrate with you. And uh, that was actually uh, a strategy that we use is to start planning our celebrations of success a little bit more.
0: Well, that is an upper echelon leadership responsibility: planning celebrations. I love that. So, given everything that uh, that you've told us today, what, how would you advise other healthcare leaders to inspire their team? You know, and I don't, I don't
2: necessarily think, John, that there's one uh, one way that works you know perfectly for every individual um but i i've never seen somebody uh, i've never been on a team where i've seen somebody that's engaged um in pleasant <laughs> to be around uh you 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 get those those two factors uh, people wanting to be around them and they're engaged uh to get things better it's that's definitely two aspects that I think that you have to have. Um, you have to show people that you're in this with them. Uh, and step one, if if people do not want to have you in their presence, if you don't have an aura of, of just, you know, a good word where people want to be around, we've probably you know, you'll never probably struggle to get to that next level. So I would encourage leaders to take a look, uh, in the mirror and pause and, um, you know, highlight some of the, your, your positive aspects and try to, uh, try to grow them. Just try to work on yourself to, to spread a little good in the world. And usually, uh, People, people like that good vibe. I don't know what it is, but when there's good vibes going around and people want to be around it, your, your opportunities to, to attack are just so much better when people are engaged with you. So uh, I guess that would be my advice. I don't think everybody needs to have fun or have that fun uh, aspect that I like to bring uh, but I definitely think they need to figure out the the good aspects about them in their leadership styles and try to uh, expand on those to get people to want to buy in to where they're they're trying to go.
1: I love what you're saying. I, I it makes me it makes me happy to hear that. We work very hard for that type of uh, mentality here in uh, employee engagement within our system as well. Uh, I did want to ask you what inspired you to pursue healthcare.
2: <laughs> well. You know, I was going to be a doctor. Uh, I don't know why. Well, actually I was going to be a fireman. Then I was going to be an attorney. Then I was going to be a doctor. Uh, then I was going to be a CRNA. And I was like, well, we're, we're just going to do the nurse thing. And, uh, then we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, I met, uh, my, my wife and decided to, to get married and that's where we settled. And uh, so. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to help people. Didn't know what avenue I was going to go, um, so I, I somehow wound up in in healthcare. I don't really know how I got here, but everybody just said that I was around. Like, hey, you you can work anywhere you want to. You can be a free spirit. Healthcare is everywhere, and uh, I've never left Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, but man, I, I could. I guess if I wanted to, right? Um, but you know, uh, nursing and, and healthcare has been a great career for me, um, and uh, I, I never regret uh, becoming a nurse uh, at all. So it's been a great career.
1: But you've even surpassed that and gone into executive leadership. How did you pivot in that direction?
2: Sure, and I had been approached um, several times over the past uh, ten years to take that uh, that avenue. And um, I had young kids. Uh, I currently, I have a 16-year-old, a, a 15-year-old, and a 9-year-old. So um, we've, we've done all the coaching. We've, we've we played balls. Where, um, I was there for my children, and uh, the business aspect uh, allowed me that flexibility. So I, I thought it was time as my kids near college to, to uh, get into the operational side and, and see where that where that went. So um, the phone rang and they caught me in a good spot and said, Hey, it's like the great opportunity with a young company for somebody that's looking to grow. Um, we've heard, uh, we've heard good things about you and we, we heard you like to have fun. That's what the recruiter said. Uh, I'm like, okay, you got me. Who do I need to meet with? Uh, and so that's kind of where it started.
1: What a wonderful testimonial. You, 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 have, you bring that joy and that value to those that work with you and for you. Exceptional. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing your knowledge and expertise today. Absolutely. And thank you to all who joined us for today's podcast. Speak Up for Safer Care is a product of Safer Care Texas, the patient safety division at the Health Science Center in Fort Worth, Texas. We'd like to thank our technical producer, Rob Upchurch, for being with us today as well. We are calling you to action. Speak Up for Safer Care. If you are a healthcare worker, counselor, subject matter expert, former patient or caregiver, and you have a patient safety story, we invite you to be our next guest. So please contact us through our website, safercaretexas.org. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Safer Care Texas. We'll talk again next Wednesday. Thanks again for listening. And as always, speak up for safer care.